Hey, y'all, Sugar Maria, the spiritual homegirl. And I wanted to put something on y'all's brains about something that, that I've been having multiple conversations about that I want to bring on mic. And before I do so, let me give y'all my usual note of gratitude. Thank you for listening, boo friend. Out of the tens and thousands of podcasts out there in podcast land, you choose to leave me your ears once a week for about an hour or so. Well, in this case, every day. And I hella appreciate that. It is day three of my podcast marathon. And I wanted to talk about the predatorial nature of spiritual healing and um, even religious healing, just healing in nature. There's there's predatorial behaviors that I want to discuss. And I'm saying this because I love y'all and I care about y'all. And I understand that when you are looking for something to hold on to, and I've been in that situation myself, you will start to gravitate towards people who may or may not know what they're talking about, who may or may not be predators. When you're gaining your sense of discernment and building your intuition, sometimes you might end up putting yourselves on, you know, inadvertently in situations where circumstances may present themselves to lead things to happen that you don't deserve. And I just want to call that um, or bring attention to that, I should say, because I am seeing it still happen. And it's very unfortunate. And I wanted to talk about it. So. Let me just get straight to the point. There are two ways that healers, quote unquote healers, can be. Hmm. Three ways. Let me go to let me go back to three ways. It's three ways, actually. I'm gonna add that in. I told y'all we do these episodes real live time, no editing. There's three ways that a quote unquote healer can be predatorial. Um experientially, lack of experience, basically, financially, and sexually. Experientially. It's kind of subjective to a degree because to me, I feel like there's different ways of qualifying competency. There's different ways to qualify whether you know what you're doing. Now, some people put respect on different things. As for me, I have a combination of three ways of proving that I am competent. One way is experientially. I have multiple years, over a decade of experience in certain areas, um, at least five years in others thousands of hours and others so you know it's like you know the experience and being able to actually put into practice and get a result some people will put respect on that another way to show that you are competent is institutional credentialing some people do not respect what others do unless there's a certificate or a degree now for me i have multiple certifications all over the place breath work um aromatherapy um Meditation teaching, I'm getting my master's, I'm already a counselor as is, so it's kind of like, you know, it is what it is. Some people like that, they want to see the paper, the paper showing that you've studied and passed some tests or demonstrated some clinical hours or what have you. Then there's the third one. The third one is, who is like, who's your circle? Who, like, who you roll with? And to me, I call that the uh, the crew. The crew credentials where you have a team of elders that might not have went to an institution, but they fire and they do. Or they might have had a situation where, you know, they might have had a felony on their record for a past mistake and they're not able to go to the institutions to get credentialed or certified. But they know what they're doing. And having a dope crew of OGs and elders might certify you enough to be like, oh, you studied under who? Okay, well, cool. I fool with you. That's what's up. Okay, you must be good. So there's different ways that people can, you know, certify a credential or vet, I should say, whether a person is actually competent. Now, for me, your girl got all three. So we solid over here, baby. Solid as a rock. But going back to the um, 
to the predatory nature of that. Some people may not have enough of one of the three or might not have any of the three, but they'll present as if they have one or two or all three and they will charge um, whatever they feel or they'll present a certain way and they don't have the actual know-how. And I think this sometimes happens when people are so excited after they learn like bare basics or something, they just kind of want to jump out the window and, um, and start making money. And I always tell people like when you start doing that and you want to immediately monetize, you send yourself up a failure only because you haven't quite realized that this is something you want to do forever yet. You haven't quite committed. And what I mean by you haven't quite committed is that you committed to the monetary part. You didn't commit to the spiritual part. And when you commit to the dollar and we know what this dollar is rooted in, when you commit to the need for the dollar, that is when you start messing the energy up. It's one thing to respect the dollar. And respect what it is. And I'll explain that later as I had an um, an, uh, Afro-Indigenous elder tell me some really good wisdom about money. But when you start the need of money. Oh, I got to sell this. I'm going to sell this. It's not I'm going to help people. It's not I'm going to transform people's lives. It's no, I got to sell this. When you do that, that's when the energy and and the vibration of how you attract things start messing up. I'm not saying to do things like me. But when I started Spiritual Hunger, I had no intentions on making no money. I didn't. I didn't even have intentions on going on camera. Y'all was never supposed to see my face. I was supposed to be a Charlie's Angel type of person behind a microphone. Y'all were never supposed to know who I was. But because an elder ran my birth chart as I was um, preparing to get my bearings in order to start doing that, she said, no, 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 jump out front. It's going to transform. So that's what I did. And it worked. But I never wanted to make money. I never said, I'm going to start a spiritual homegirl and I'm going to make money. I said, I'm going to start Spiritual Homegirl because I'm going to be for others what I needed when I was going through my stuff. So, I, and that's still my mission to this day. Now, am I able to monetize off of it now? Yes. I mean, the podcast is still free, though. I still have different things that I do that are free and I have lots of things that are paid. But at the same time, my mission is still the same. So when you stay focused on the mission, that's when you kind of avoid coming off predatorial. If the mission is about service, you good. If the mission is about serving your wallet, you might need to reconsider some things. So that's the predatorial nature of healing work for experiential um, situations. Now, it gets predatorial financially. When you start preying on people and you start asking for prices that are not matching the value. I don't mean value as in, like I say, clubhouse gym. Oh, it's value. No, I don't mean constant. You got to provide value. I mean, no, how do you really help people lives with this? I'm not finna pay X amount of dollars and you not providing me with some type of positivity in my life, even if it's just 1% better. And I think sometimes, like I said, people hit a lick with spirituality or they look at spirituality as a lick where they're like, yo, I'm finna come up. I've seen lots of situations on Twitter where there are tarot readers and they charging out the out the yang for tarot readers and them people don't know their cards that well and they giving general readings. Same with astrology. Like I said, like I told y'all in the past, there are people who will buy these astrology apps that come with the chart um the chart generators. Luckily for me, I know how to do mine by hand. You know, shout out to the ephemeris. The, the ephemeris will never steer you wrong, okay? But I know how to do a chart by hand. I was taught to do it by hand manually. But for convenience, some people might, and I've done it before for convenience as well. You know, we will get an app that will generate a birth chart for us based on the information. But the problem is where it gets territorial, not territorial, excuse me, where it gets predatorial in that nature is that people will go to the the interpretation part of the chart 
and they will sell that to people for hundreds of dollars. And that without doing any work themselves, without consulting books, without consulting what they already know about astrology, without actually doing the chart, they'll just say, oh, I paid $50 for this app. And then they'll look at the reports and say, hey, oh, I can charge $350 for this. I can charge $150 for this. I can charge $250 for this. It's a come up and it's predatorial. That is predatorial. Other times where there's a situation where folks are wanting to offer a service and they're charging buku amounts of money. For those who don't know, buku means a lot. Lots of money. And they're not offering nothing. It's, it's bare minimum service. People feel like because it's name your price that you just go name something super high, but you don't really provide nothing for the price. Again, it's the energy exchange. So if people are going to pay you for this, you got to come hard. You got to come correct. If I'm going to pay you $6,666.66, or if I'm going to pay you $1,000, uh, $11,111. If I'm pay you anything, if I'm pay you $7,500, whatever it is that you're asking for, you need to come correct. And we need to work together. You feel me? Like I said in the episode the other day, even if it's something under $1,000, it needs to be able to improve my life by 1%. That's my goal. Improve the life, the life by 1% or improve what I'm doing by the day. If I can be better than I was yesterday, that's a value to me. I don't know what the value is for y'all, but that's how I consider it. If it can make me better, and I have trust in that person's brand and what they've offered and their experience and what they what they know and how they demonstrate it, then cool, I'm gonna invest. And I've invested a lot in myself. Um, whether it is personally, like you know, mentally, physically, or emotionally, what have you. So for me, um, I'm really about that. So that's ways that people can be predatorial financially. Now, the last part, and I'm gonna choose my words carefully here, is sexually predatorial. Now let me do a quick disclaimer. There are people who are spiritual and there are people who are sex workers or people who work in the adult entertainment industry. There is no shame in their game and they do not hide behind what they do. I went to school with a, a former stripper who was conscious as it was. She was highly intelligent, still, you know, still intelligent. And she now does a uh, commentary and she's very talented and she teaches people how to, you know, um, do pole fitness and stuff like that. She's really dope. But there was never no shame in hers. So yeah, she would post a video of her dancing at a club, but yet she had her waist beads on. And then she would talk about her spirituality and her journey. And shout out to those who don't hide behind that. There's no shame in the game. And the reason why I say that is because our, our society is so contradictory where we partake in something and then shame it at the same time. So when it comes to the issue of working in this capacity, you know that society shames it, but they like it. There's a market for it. There's a big market for it. Don't believe me? Go check out OnlyFans. Is OnlyFans public? Because if not, they're going to probably add some stock very soon because people invest in that. They like that. Let me look. OnlyFans stock. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wait, technically, it's not even, it's not public yet, but I know this. If OnlyFans went public, we're going to have an episode about that. We're going to talk about that. But what I'm saying I have to say, though, is that if you look at like all the OnlyFans, like some of what people make, some of these people are millionaires off of OnlyFans is what I'm trying to say. So, you know, there's a market for consumption with that. As much as people want to look down upon it. I feel like with Float Your Boat, that ain't my business. Do what you do. Um, some people have real life reasons as to why they go into it. Some are rooted in trauma. Some are rooted in entrepreneurial pursuits. It's not my place to judge that. The only issue I have is when people lie 
and act like what they're doing is sex work. Like if you're providing services and there's sex involved, it's sex work. If you're saying there's spirituality involved and it's sexual services, it's sex work. Call a thing a thing. I don't like the predatory nature where people lie about it. It's like it, it's okay to call it the truth. But again, if you're really free, as we claim to be, the shame and the stigma behind other people and what they think about us and what we do should not be that powerful to where we hide and lie about what we do. So my thing is be clear, like be clear and be open about and be honest with what you do. If you're trading, if you're trading like that and you know what I'm saying? And, and there's some spirituality involved. Okay. Then it's sexuality. It's sexual. Um, it's sex work with a spiritual, with a spiritual focus. Okay. Like, okay. Like, do you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, tripping? But anyway, it may not be everybody's cup of tea, but if it's your cup of tea, who cares? Who else trying to drink from the cup? Ooh, that was a bar. Okay. But anyway, going over to the, um, predatorial nature sexually though. I'm not, like I said, that was my disclaimer about, you know, that and sex work. I mean, cause there are some people that I, I have seen that call it what it is. Again, shout out to y'all. Much respect to y'all for being clear and being honest, being open and being free, um, from the stigma that comes with that. But I will say it gets predatorial when people provide services and do not tell their clients that it provides things like getting nude. Um, it does it like it provides some types of um, insertion of things. Um, contact that would not normally be warranted. And I've never I've never been in the room or been following a person who was a predator as, as far as I know. Um but I have seen predators, men and women, get outed a lot. And what they do is they will prey on folks and their need to just be healed. Some people literally will just come to you and say, I need help. I need to talk to you. I just need to be healed. I need help. And a good ethical person that is really of service about helping folks will not try to use their spiritual nature or their work as a healer to sleep with clients. That is unethical as it gets. Now, unfortunately, there's there's a code of ethics for psychologists. There's a code of ethics for um, licensed or marriage family therapists. There's a code of ethics for social workers. There's a code of ethics for doctors. There's not a code of ethics for spiritual practitioners because they don't really believe in spiritual work to begin with here in our society. They don't really want to credential it. They don't want to give it validity. So there is not a code of ethics that's general, right? So everybody's kind of winging it based on good morals and good character if you have it. But the problem is that the the code of ethics that I see when it comes to everybody that I just named in the other professions is that you are not to sleep with clients. As a, as a counselor or a therapist, I'm not supposed to sleep with clients. That's That's not cool at all. Like that's, that's a violation. And like I said, with the disclaimer of your work being sexual in nature, that is not predatorial. I'm not talking about that. So I want to be clear because comprehension is a lost art these days. And I'm going to talk about that on another podcast episode because low key comprehension be whooping some of our asses. I'm going to be honest. But at the same time, if you're lying about your work being sexual in nature or if you're misleading clients making it seem like your work is not sexual in nature and you somehow make it sexual in nature or you use that non-sexual work to try to sleep with clients you are out of pocket and it is unethical nobody said be perfect but that that there is not perfection not being a predator you can be imperfect and not be a predator there's no excuses for predatorial behavior it's not Using 
what we've been given as a gift to get in somebody's pants is as trifling as it gets. Because what that shows is the need to get what you want and the need to be sexually gratified is more important than your God-given, divinely ordered mission on this earth. That is when the flesh overpowers the spirit. And that is when the boomerangs get they get big and they come back. So I just feel like this, right? If you feel like your practitioner is a little creepy, you should probably listen to your intuition. They might be, they might not be, but it's something in your spirit that doesn't resonate. And that's okay to listen to that. But unfortunately, some people that have been in situations like this and have been mistreated, they don't deserve that. They simply didn't know. They didn't know better. They trust a person who mishandles the trust. That person chose to take advantage of them. That person chose to say, hey, this person trusts me. Okay, cool. I'm going to go ahead and do what I want to do. Out of pocket. And when you move like that, you are literally putting your life in danger by mishandling someone's spirit that way. Someone is coming to you broken, needing help. And people, some people, not all of them, because all spiritual practitioners are not like this. Thank God. But there are some out there that are like, yo, we're going to use that to our advantage. And that's that's sick. Or there's some people that'll say, yo, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to um, I know they don't have the money, but I'm going to make them take out whatever or I'm going to make them give me their last. My thing is this. I don't want your last baby. If you are giving me your last, you need to handle like I don't want that type of energy because to me, when you give somebody your last, there's a higher level of expectation. And for me, I'm more like, look, you need to make sure you have a place to live. You need to make sure you are able to eat. I never want someone to give me their last to where it impedes their ability to have a safe, stable home. Or some food to eat to sustain life. I don't want that. My thing is come to me when you're ready. You ain't got to be rich. But I would never want somebody giving me their rent money. Hoping for a miracle. Because usually that's what happens. Usually what happens when folks get their last. They're looking for a miracle. And I feel like sometimes people will peep that. And know that. Some people don't know. Okay. Disclaimer. Some people genuinely don't know people are giving them their last. And it is what it is. But some people will know like oh this is my last 2000. Why would you take that? Why? If this your last 2000 yo, before you take that 2000 yo, are you good? Because, look, I need to make sure you financially stable and make sure you can pay your bills. Like, for real. Like, I remember one time in my broker days, I remember saying, well, <laughs> uh, I had it, but I didn't really want to pay it. Anyway. I ain't have it like that, but I but I had it. I at least had it, but I still want to pay it. But I said, hey, I don't want to pay this amount of money for this bill right now. I don't have it. And they said, well, look, how much is this? How much is this? How much is this? And I told them my expenses. They said, well, Lokito, you probably should go on this plan that has a lower amount because the way your rent is set up and the way your car payment at the time is set up, uh, girl, you need to take care of that. I mean, how you going to pay us if you can barely pay for this? And I remember being like, good. But I learned from even them shady bill people 
even low-key some of them will well not all of them because a lot of them are shady these days especially with the pandemic this is a long time ago but even in that moment many years ago i learned like even they are kind of like damn girl you got a lot going on financially i don't know you you don't need to be locking in with us at this rate right now for this amount of money like you need to you need to tone this down and then when you get your bread up then you can continue paying this off so I, I can respect that i can really respect that when um people can say hey i don't want your last go survive first like let's survive with the with the the safe place to be and let's survive with the food in the water to drink then you can come back and we can talk about this or maybe there can be a way if there's a payment plan maybe we can work with it maybe we can't whatever that's up to the discretion of the practitioner but there are some people who don't care about none of that their healing or their ability to heal you they don't care about what you got going on besides that they will take your money and then be like oh well you can manifest your way to get some rent money no it's not it don't work like that it don't work like that that's also unethical to me and again like i said my standard ain't on no book my standard is just based on good character and what is right and when you don't do people right it's a violation period and there are consequences for violations so that's that's just my little take on it. I mean, y'all can agree, y'all can disagree, completely fine. But I know how I'm moving over here. I don't ever want to snatch nobody last bit of nothing to where they they end up becoming unhoused because I chose to do that. Some people say, "Oh, they ain't got nothing to do with me." It do got something to do with me for me. Now it's one thing to say, you know, a dollar, ten dollars, twenty dollars, whatever. I'm talking about big ticket items. I'm talking about legit. I don't have nothing left. If I pay you this two thousand, this five thousand, this seven thousand, this ten thousand, some people need to probably think twice before investing, especially in something that may not give a monetary return immediately. Like, be careful with that, y'all. Do I have things that that cost five figures? Yes. Do I have things that cost four figures? Yes. Do I advertise it openly? No. Why? Because you have to apply to work with me like that. Everybody just can't pay. I need to make sure we're a good fit first. Let's discuss this. Are we aligned or not? And if we are not aligned at this time, that's fine. If you cannot afford it, that's fine. I have price points for everything and everybody. And that's how, it, to me, I thought that's how it should be. But that's just me. I'm really big on like making sure folks are able to access at some point, any entry point. Whether you got a little bit, whether you got a little bit more, whether you got a lot. of Like, I just want to make sure people are able to partaking what i do at all price points so oh speaking of that well do i want to talk i'm not gonna say what it is exactly but i do have something that is um accessible that i'm excited and i can't wait to share with y'all i keep talking about it because i really want to i really want to say what it is but i can't right now so i'm like i can talk i can kind of talk about it a little bit but i'm really excited if you have not signed up for my text list or my email list y'all better sign up I'm excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. Ooh, I'm so excited. Shout out to my boo friends that answered that boo friend survey. I got y'all. I promise. A lot of y'all share a lot of tea with me. Y'all told me how much y'all was making. Y'all told me y'all y'all issues, y'all challenges. Y'all told me, you know, what was the issue? Well, let me not get my survey because I know that there are people who cannot make a move creatively unless I say what I'm doing. I got an episode about spiritual homegirl copycats coming out soon because it's time to talk about that as well. We're going to talk about that. Um, but... I, um, I did, (laughs) I did take everybody's answers and I compiled them for days and I analyzed them for days and I said, Ooh, I know what I'm going to do. 
And I'm so excited. So if you've not signed up for my email text list, you better do so, boo-boo, if you're trying to get in with the end, okay? Um, as of right now, this 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 thing that I'm doing is only exclusive to um, email and text list. Will I tell social media? Maybe, but it won't be until after I let the email and the text list get first dibs. That's for sure. But if you want to know what I am working on, text the word podcast to 81493. Text the word podcast to 81493. Text the word podcast to 81493. Okay, so um, that is what's going on with the get along. And I'm really excited. Oh, so excited because I've literally had this idea in my head for at least five years. And I, and I kind of wasn't, I wasn't 100% sure on the how. And then slowly over the last five plus years, the how slowly started coming to me. When I say trust the journey, trust yourself, baby, I mean that. I follow that. So from trusting the journey and trusting myself over the last five years, Five plus years, I have finally figured out the formula in which I can serve, and it's powered by what you all said in that survey. So, thank you to my boo friends that signed up for the survey or at least did it. I appreciate y'all so much. So, again, if you want to find out what's going on, you can click the link in my show notes to sign up for the email list, or like I said, text podcast to 81493 and you can sign up. So, um, yeah, with that being said, I am going to enjoy the rest of my day and I hope that you all do too. This has been another episode of the Spiritual and Girl Podcast. My name is Maria and remember, trust the journey, trust yourself and be careful in these healing streets. Okay. Love y'all. Peace.